and welcome to Nobody Asked Us, where two friends try to figure out all the things that fascinate, annoy, and baffle us. So join me, Rachel. And me, Sanaz. As we delve into all the things that nobody asked us, but we really wanted to share. Um, Okay, so today, our topic is stuff getting worse. (laughs) Very general. Very general, but you'll see what we mean. Okay, so we came across this topic when we were trying to come like find a platform like a distribution platform for our uh for our lovely podcast that we have here yes and I did I did one of these a few years back and it was it was quite simple like I did a podcast for a startup that I worked on it was quite simple because everything was free I mean you had to upload all of your podcasts to different platforms piecemeal, but it was free and it was a fairly straightforward process. Now there's, you know, so many uh, platforms, it's quite, they charge a good deal of money to distribute them. Like if you want to like distribute to all the platforms at once. And it was very frustrating and it got us off on thinking like, why are we paying for so many things that we didn't used to have to pay for? And why do we get so much less for it? Yeah, it's like wherever someone can turn a buck, they do. And it almost feels like certain parts of the puzzle are intentionally more difficult just so that somebody else can create a cottage industry of bullshit. Right, but it's, it's, and it's also like, I mean, look, I applaud all the very enterprising people out there who are just like, let's make this easier, like aggregate these services for people and we'll charge them this amount of money. But now it's almost impossible to actually do it on your own if you're not paying somebody like this. Yes, yes. By the way, Rachel, I just thought of this. There's a really good Iranian word for this. Uh, go on. I feel like the dad in my big fat Greek wedding. Um, so there, this word called dukun is like, you you say like something is dukun when you're describing a business, but really you're sort of insulting it as in like, you know, if something is too commercial and annoying, if it's a cottage industry, it's like a business that exists, but you're annoyed by it. And I feel like, so huh. of these little intermediaries we experience, you're like, oh, such a fucking decoy. <laughs> that's a gr- see, that's a great word. That's a fantastic word. Yes. And I and I was joking with my family. I was like, I feel like because you know we speak in Farsi together. I was like, I feel like I'm using this word more often in the last few years to describe a lot of business ventures. What? Okay, so what are some examples of things that you would have described like that? Um, the whole industry around like uh, college prep consultants. Mm. Oh. I'll give you another one is um, uh, like when you go to the airport and, you know, to go like go TSA and then there's clear and then, you know, it's it's always paying to get out of the inconvenience of the standard process. But then it makes you wonder, like, are we intentionally making the standard process worse just to create all these side businesses for people to move up into? Well, that's interesting that I mean, talking on like the airline travel thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- I think that there's a lot of there's a lot to dig into there. But talking on the airline travel thing, remember when you used to like automatically get a meal when you would fly? Oh yeah. No matter what. And now it's like, oh, well, you can get food if you are in business class. I mean, it's not or like people you- are flying for right. the food, but Right. Or they like charge you for a stupid snack pack. Oh my god, the snack packs. They're always just like a thing of almonds and like hummus, like really yeah. bad hummus. Um, but yeah, no, so the idea that like uh I guess charging more for things that used to be free. Correct. And also feeling like you can't be a part of the system if you don't buy into these services, right? 
Right. The degrading of the standard process and then forcing people to move up to the higher tiers just to get what was basically normal. <laughs> standard. I mean, plane travel too. You used to be able to get like, you used to be able to sit fairly comfortably in economy. I, I remember this from, you know, even yeah. like, I don't know, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And now it's, I mean, if you are, I'm not that large of a person as far <laughs> as people go. I'm about five, six, you know, not large yeah and I, it, it is a podcast we must specify yeah 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 but yeah true um but like i i barely fit in these seats like i'm yeah. so uncomfortable and it like i'm like, i can't how to men sit right. i don't know but yet we expect everybody to accept this i guess also but also knowing that like most people can't go like upgrade to the next level right yeah. like most people can't fly business. Right, right. But yet you stitch together this terrible, like experience, and you still pay way too much for it. You know, this is kind of the world we're in where we wanted things affordable, they got really affordable and cheap. And then now they're just cheap, but more expensive again. Like <laughs> We're stuck. Yes, yes. And this is like, this is the general pattern that we're getting at. Like, this yes. is the thing. It's like, oh, uh, like, you're hooked, and then you're fucked. You're hooked, and then you're fucked. Exactly. Uh, um, the the category that absolutely drives me crazy aside is the business processes with which we have to interact with. Oh, <laughs> can we flesh that out a little bit more? What do we yes. mean? By All right. So here's an example for you, Rachel. Um, okay. I'm going on a trip with a friend. I've booked the hotel under my name and my card, but my friend's going to arrive earlier than me that day. So I called up the hotel just to give my friend's name and just, you know, make sure that she's able to get in the room. And the guy goes, no, I can't just take the note. You have to go into your booking.com account and message us in that system. And I'm like already annoyed. So then I try to go on the web to get into my account. I can't get in on the message. So then I download the app, which is so annoying, but okay. Mm -hmm. Download your stupid app. I go in there. The messaging system doesn't work there. And then do you know what they, it says on the app? Please call us. And I'm like, I did this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. gotta be kidding me. I mean, and we're stuck somewhere between like robots replacing us to like, we're not quite there with AI, but people are there, but the, the okay. systems and the processes have changed. And it's so frustrating because if I go through all those steps, fine, I don't want to, but let's say I do, you would hope it works. And then when it doesn't work, you're like, you gotta be shitting me, man. Like I went through all this. And it just feels like nothing right. effing works. Every process, well, like you know, you know what I? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your rant, but you know what I put in that category? Anytime what? you call a place, you have to listen to like a a, a bot voice menu. Like I don't know, you yes. call the uh, call the pharmacy. Uh, they'll be like, "Hello, would you like to hear all the things about COVID nineteen?" And then you like, and you have to listen yes. to that whole thing, or it's just like, "Hello, would you like this menu?" And you're like, yeah. "No, talk yeah. to person." I know, I know. And I had another one yesterday where I called a doctor, I had to like change pharmacies and because insurance changes, blah, blah, blah. Call the doctor. They're like, we called in your prescription. I go this morning and the, and the pharmacy is like, we don't have it. Then I call the doctor again. Their automated system hangs up on me the first time. <laughs> now I have to call back and be on hold again. And they're like, yeah, we sent the prescription, but it wasn't received yet. I'm going to have to transfer you to another office. I'm like, what is this shit? <laughs> like, why am I calling several times to check the processes that you guys have set up 
right. follow through, right? Like I just, I don't understand the level of handholding that I have to do with right. another company's internal processes these days, because it feels like you just can't assume that shit gets done anymore. And I really think that all these interim processes that companies had to put because of COVID have really fucked things up. We're in this oh. semi-permanent like situation with them where it's like, they're trying to automate, but they had some weird workarounds for COVID, but now we're not doing them anymore, but it still affects it. And you're like, I, I think it's so much more than just staff shortages at a lot of companies and restaurants and things. Like, I really think it's the way we had to like Frankenstein the wires in the back have really affected it because like, I, I feel that now they're like, we have an app. I'm like, you say it like it's supposed to be easy, but nothing works anymore. <laughs> Right. I mean, okay. So I think that there's two things. Sorry, that was a rant. <laughs> oh, no, it's a great rant. But I think it brings up two really important points. So like, one, like the all the stuff that we did during COVID is a backstop. Yeah. So like, you know, yeah, making everything virtual and remote and stuff. Companies, organizations realize that they oh, we don't have to pay for all these people to help other people. It's like the customer service automation, yes. stuff like that. Um, and then they just never return, but they don't, like, the, the problem is, is that, that that system doesn't work a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And second of all, it puts the burden, I think, really unfairly onto people. Like, if you're talking about something like a pharmacy or, like, in my recent experience, trying to get a replacement passport, mm -hmm. which, kind of a short time span you used to be able to if you can't if you went to the if you really needed a new passport you showed up to the passport office at 6 a.m and you wait you waited in line it was still a pain in the ass but you got your passport and you could go and you could like see it now you have to mail it in it takes a minimum of like 12 weeks mm -hmm. which stinks but they just got rid of a lot of those capabilities during COVID that they yep. used to be like this is the state department this isn't even a private company that's looking Correct. to make profits this is you know government um but, you know, if you think about, think about yourself as a fairly, uh, or myself as like a fairly motivated, capable person who will follow up and like, will like, yeah. you know, but you think about all the people who, who don't or can't or don't know how to like, right. what, is, what is grandma doing for her prescriptions? You oh, know, it must be, I mean, my heart breaks thinking about old people and technology these days because it's moving so fast and just so many people are left behind. And one of my favorite stories is like years and years ago, my aunt called up, I think it was like the electric company or the cable company. One of those like quintessential, like customer service ones. Yeah. You and yeah. she was trying to make the case that there was a woman, she was speaking with a woman who was pregnant and she specifically told her if you did that, 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 it would work. And they were like, well, we don't have a pregnant woman here. She's like, cause she gave birth. <laughs> It's been 12 months. <laughs> and I always love that story. She's like, I talked to a pregnant lady a year ago. They're like, yeah, we don't have a pregnant lady working here. Yeah, because she is no longer pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. Okay, well, that's, who is that idiot? I know, right? Fire them immediately. Oh like, ma'am, we don't know who you spoke to. We don't have a pregnant lady here. <laughs> but that's such a perfect encapsulation of like what most of these conversations are like. You're like, wow. Yeah. They're and, just disconnected. And we used to have very specific companies that were normally monopolies that we used to have this with, right? It was like, oh, I got to call the cable company or like the electric company, whatever. But it was fewer and farther in between. Now I feel like the shitty experience can be anywhere. <laughs> Nothing yeah. is Yeah, 
Well, so that's a good transition into, so it's been for like a long time, like cable and utility companies were like the most hated companies by consumers in America yeah. because they had so much, there were like, I remember there were studies done on this because I used to work at NBC when Comcast bought it and it was like, mm -hmm. oh no, like the worst companies. Yeah. Um, but this kind of thing, there was this like beautiful era of these revolutionary apps in like the 2010s. Like this, mm -hmm. you know, Uber was like, you're like, oh my God, like you live in a city, I mean, like Houston where you live or yeah. New York, not as much New York, we've always had cabs, but like DC where I was living in the time for grad school, like Uber was great. You could call up a car and it was super cheap and you yeah. didn't have to like hail somebody down. You didn't have to talk to somebody, They're all the confusion, like cutting through the confusion. Like, I think that like what we were saying about, you know, some of these like service platforms, like how annoying they are. Sometimes they can be really great. Just like yeah. cutting through whatever prevents people from accessing a service is great. Mm -hmm. And Uber was, you know, cheap, accessible, whatever. I, yeah. And now it's causing all these like issues with yeah. traffic congestion in cities. It's way more expensive than a yellow cab in New York. Yeah. Airbnb, like, you know, all oh, the yeah. Airbnb is another one. City, like, right. Like now you, now you like, you, you think you book a house for, one fee and then they're like oh here's a thousand dollar cleaning fee you're like but you make me clean your do? house yeah. anyway yeah <laughs> like, well, i will be going to a hotel where i don't have to clean and nobody cares if i stain the carpet yeah well and and what's interesting is like the era i think that revolutionary apps was when they went after things that were already so inefficient right but now with the proliferation of apps and the changing business landscape it feels like our obsession was around convenience, not improvement. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's where it seems like the incentives have gone. And I feel like we're in a world where you get a lot of convenience. You can pretty much have anything sent to you and sit on your ass all day and watch Netflix if you want. But then there's so many other parts of life that feel harder. It's like the second you leave your house where you're not just like ordering shit or getting a car or booking something, things are much harder in many ways. And it just, look, I'm not like a small business owner that has to, you know, run one of these things. Like, I'm not saying any of this is intentional. I, I totally believe that people are like trying their best with what they can. But I just feel like we're in an awkward phase right now where we haven't quite figured out, you know, the business processes tied to the technology tied to the people. And we're just running after these like shiny objects where they're like, oh, go on this platform or use this app and it'll solve all your problems. And it's like, no, it doesn't. No, it fucking doesn't. Well, okay. So, I mean, you're saying you don't blame it. I, 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 and it is, I think to some extent you could say, yeah, it's just a, it's a weird adjustment phase, but this yeah. was always the goal, right? To like get us hooked on these services and then jack up the prices. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure like Ubers are, intentionally more expensive for sure. But I'm just thinking of like, I don't know, a delivery service, right? That has a certain app that they use that they were sold on a dream that it's going to make their business easier and connect with their customers better. And mm. like, things are more convenient and some things are easier and then other things are just a fucking headache. Or like going back to my hotel example, if you set up a booking, if I have to go into my booking account to do something, don't you think the person at the hotel should be able to go into my account as like an administrator and do something as well? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, why mm -hmm. don't we have some sort of superpower sometime to intercede when the process isn't working? So um, my, 
my guess is that like the reason they do that as a default is because they're instructed to like yeah. the person on the phone it was told like you have to send them through the chatbot first right because their time is more expensive like labor is expensive yep yeah labor is a lot right. more you know and so i like i don't think that that person didn't want to help you and i you know i think it's it's definitely company policy that you have to go through that whole process before you can talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. That's the annoying thing. Like right. that's the irritating thing. Right. You're like, I just want, yeah. Like half the time I'm on the phone screaming like agent <laughs> pressing zero. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. The number of times I've like cursed out a chat bot and I'm just like, oh, is this recording? Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, fuck you. Let me just talk to a human I because I like, no, nothing I need. Also, like, I think a lot of the, Okay, if you now we're talking about specifically like customer service type yeah. things. So a lot of those are geared towards like older people actually mm -hmm. who like don't like they don't have somebody to like they can't call up and be like hi like what time is the pharmacy open and so it's like press one for pharmacy hours we are open from whatever that's mm -hmm. like but just a very basic level and I don't know how much time that takes up on most people's. Uh, or like on most plat like customer service platforms, like are people asking really simple questions? Like, is this something that's actually freeing things up? But it's incredibly annoying to have that as like an across the board process. Yeah, yeah, that they all adopt, so. That they all or adopt, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think usually you can get to somebody, but it's, it's, it's because- really hard. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard. And also, I, I don't know. I don't like delivery. I don't like things being delivered. I think if you live in a house or an apartment without a doorman or basically anywhere that's not an apartment building with a doorman, yes. like deliveries are stressful. I don't. Yeah. The timing I, of it, somebody's taking your package and yeah, it's crazy. Somebody's taking. I, I think we are patching together too many small processes and creating a Frankenstein of systems. And I just wish that we thought a little bit more strategic and long-term before we like overhaul internal systems for the promise. Right, well this, I mean, it's so interesting because I think that Gen, Gen Z, yeah, I talk about them like they're, you know, something different that you know they're aliens they're, they're people aliens. they're not aliens. <laughs> yeah yeah they're aliens they're people a bit younger than us who mm -hmm. have grown up seeing this and they as a generation not each person obviously but like they as a generation are much more aware of like consumer activism mm -hmm. so like you know net net carbon zero or like zero waste yeah for yourself or just like you know, consuming based on values and stuff like that. I think that that's baked into how they view their interactions with consumerism mm -hmm. to a larger extent than it is for us. Like we millennials. Yes. I, I, I hate these descriptions, but they're so accurate sometimes. 80s babies. Uh, yeah. 80s babies. Uh, you know, we came up during a time when we would, we saw Uber explode and it was this revolutionary thing and it was great quality for a lower price. Obviously that wasn't going to last, but I think that we're a bit more at odds with it than younger generations are. And I also, I have to say, I resent the idea that it's, the onus is on us Yeah. to fix that because yeah. 
especially when you're in like a cultural environment where, you know, you have to buy something or you like, you know, there's a need to have a certain thing. You, you know, I can't just say, I don't need a phone. I need a phone. Or I can't just say like, um, I'm going to go to a different phone company because yeah, you know, it, it, it's this, or I can't be like, I'm not going to use CVS anymore. Like what's the, what's your alternative? What's the alternative or like the alternative is an administrative hassle. And I have to say I'm more capable than most people I know with this stuff and I still hate it and don't want to bother with it. Right. No, no. I, I just think we get really excited about the benefits of something new and we don't think about, you know, the things that get worse mm -hmm. or what's taken away from us. And we need to properly kind of weigh those things together. Right. Going back to the example of the planes, like I, like everybody else got super excited when I could go to, Spain for a long weekend for $400, but there's a cost to that. Right. right. And we're seeing it now. Yeah. So let's not get so, you know, like happy ears just because we see a quote benefit because as economists say, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So you're going to pay somehow somewhere. As economists, as economists, <laughs> as two economists, I, I am technically an economist. You're technically an economist. I majored in economics. Uh, that's, that's good enough. Is it? Between the two of us. <laughs> yeah. We're two, the, the two esteemed economists. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so. anyway. Yeah. No, I, I know what you're saying. I, I, I just, I wonder if it's like that we were duped and we're just coming to like get a reality check. Yeah. I, I, I think that that's part of it. I just, mm -hmm. I, these things feel so big and so difficult to address, right? They are, but <laughs> I mean, if there's two uh, people, they're going to take them on, Rachel. It's, it's us. It's these it's, two economists. It's, you know what? I, you know, I think, I think we have some pretty sound theories. <laughs> so uh, another thing that's kind of similar is clothing and fashion has gotten worse. I mean, just like the, I mean, the quality of goods in general. Yeah. So when we're, th I was thinking about this the other day because um, I have this beautiful handbag from this nice French brand. It's kind of a small, it used to be kind of a smaller brand. I went to their store in Paris. I picked it out. It's wonderful thing. I will, I won't talk about it. I mean, I won't say the name because we're going to say something about it, but um, <laughs> I brought it to a dinner party the other day and friend turned to me and she was like, oh my God, is this bag from this brand? And she's like, oh, it's so like high quality. Like the leather is really nice leather. I can tell. And I was like, yeah, 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 this is whatever. And she goes, well, I went to their store in Soho because they've recently expanded. So they went from being like one little shop in Paris to being like kind of a global brand. She's like, the, the leather quality was terrible. It felt really cheap. Uh, and I was like, of course. Of course, because they got big and the quality declined, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like this is kind of an encapsulation of like trying to make things more available. Like what we're saying is everything's more available, but things are worse. Right? Yeah. This is not a new idea, but it's something that feels very acute right now. And I, I was whatever I was, I was talking, I was like, I don't know. It was only like five years ago I bought this bag. So, um, 
I think fast fashion in general has become, I mean, we've always had like a, what was around when we were younger? Like there was like a top shop. There was yeah, like Primark H was the UK one. H&M. H&M. I love Primark. Um, I also still, I love H Forever 21. Oh, Forever 21. That, that yeah. was a <laughs> So there, yeah. Fell apart. You know what? Actually, I have some things from, I bought it Forever 21, like 10 years ago that still are great. I mean, it was really uneven quality. Like I have a pair of shorts and a cardigan mm -hmm. that I bought for like nine bucks That's 10 funny. years ago. Which is like four dollars now. Yeah. Um, but like, no, but they were there. There's whatever. Anyway, I think now there's emerged this giant of fast fashion called Shein. Mm -hmm. uh, people pronounce it uh, Sheen sometimes. They don't know how to pronounce it. It is in fact Shein, which is short for She Inside, which is ew, gross, right? <laughs> It's gross. Disgusting. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's nasty. And it, I think it's supposed because it's a Chinese company and I think that it's the the concept isn't really there. Like I think they mm -hmm. were trying to be like, oh, like connect with the woman, but she inside, a little gross in translation. So uh, but it's what you know, it's almost there's a great documentary, which I will recommend at the end, but it's uh shows, you know how terrible the work conditions are at this company. Mm -hmm. It should be said that they offer clothes that are so cheap. It's almost unbelievable. Like I yeah. went on the website and they were like, here, have three turtlenecks for $12. And they look mm -hmm. like very nice turtlenecks. I'm embarrassed to say I did order them and they all looked terrible on me. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, you know, like anything that's mass produced, I mean, you look at like, or just to be on this level, uh, like you look at like Apple, Apple's Foxconn factories and stuff like that. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. this documentary is really great. And it kind of like talks about like what it takes to make these things so cheap for everybody. But also on the other end, like the stuff that they make isn't that good. Yeah. Yeah. I once, I once sat next to this guy on a plane, Rachel, and yeah. uh, he was in textile, like manufacturing, like he was, you know, used to work in it and then he became a consultant for it. And he's a super well-dressed guy. And he was basically like, this industry sucks. It's all going to hell. Like, well, I, well, I want to retire is... early. I mean, how did he end up there? I mean, he had been working in retail his whole life. But okay. he was probably like in his 50s and kind of in like the latter part of his career. But it was basically like, I'm done with this shit. Everything's gone to hell. No one dresses well anymore. Quality doesn't matter. <laughs> People just want labels. It was really funny. It's just so stressed out. But he did tell me that out of the brands in the U.S., uh, Uniqlo and Banana Republic still source their fabrics from better quality places than other similar brands, and even Gap or J. Crew or other things. So anyway, just thought that was okay. Me. That makes me very happy because Uniqlo is the best. Yeah, and they make a really good product. Like they make really good, yeah, quality and not at an unreasonable price. I actually haven't read that much into uh, Uniqlo, but. They manage to do it. So it doesn't like you don't have to. I mean, it's not, you know, three dollars for a shirt, yeah. but it's like, but you know, twenty dollars. Like it's fashion, fine. fashion is in line with everything else we used to do, right? Like I we used to get clothes from J. Crew when we were in high school. And that like cardigans I have from high school lasted longer than cardigans I got in my 20s. From J. Crew, same store, mm. same product. 
shittier outcome. And so we want oh, to pay yeah. a good amount for a cardigan, a reasonable amount. And then they got really cheap and the quality sucked. And now there's all these like tiny boutiques and companies that are all about like, you know, mm. eco-friendly fabrics and stuff, which is great. But now we're paying an arm and a leg for it. And it's absolutely gotten crazy. And even like luxury items, the quality, like your French purse has mm -hmm. gone down for the same exact thing. Like I have a, a like purse that my aunt used to use all the time. And then, you know, she moved away and like gave it to me. And it's a small Ferragamo from like, I want to say it's 25 years old. And yeah. There is not a scratch on it, not a thread out of place. And she threw that thing around forever, you know, like she just used it to death for decades. And I was just thinking like, if I got that exact same bag from Ferragama today, there is no way it, in two years, it would be destructed. And this one is indestructible. <laughs> so yeah, it's really, yeah. like even if you wanted to pay up to get the really good quality from before, it just doesn't exist anymore. But you, Sanaz, recently yes. had a wonderful happenstance encounter in Paris. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> Actually, so I think this will segue very nicely into our recommendation section. So Sanaz, do you want to tell us that story and give us your rec for this week? Sure. So my recommendation is an awesome uh, boutique and fashion brand that I discovered last year when I visited Paris with my family. We were walking around Saint-Germain. My mom spotted this like outfit in the window and we went in and it was this adorable boutique with like the owner was there and she was just like, you know, like fitting you and really excited to talk about the product. And just, you know, you meet those people and you're like, oh my God, I want to be you. <laughs> like, I want to grow up and have your exact life. Yeah, a Baroness Schrader, if you will. She, she was, yeah, she's the French Baroness Schrader. Yeah. Um, and so the brand, the company is called Uncouture, uh, as in one in French, mm. and she releases one product at a time. So she designs one thing and she gets them all made in first Portugal. And now actually her distribution is moving back to France, uh, post COVID. Mm -hmm. And she does a lot of pre-ordering for the product and all the materials are very, you know, eco-friendly and things. And the idea is that, you know, you, you know what you need to make. So you waste less. Right. Um, and you know what sizes and you don't have like, you know, inventory left over at the end. So she doesn't do seasons. She worked in Oak Couture for a very, very long time. Um, but all of her products, the materials are really innovative and, um, great for like women that travel, quite frankly, that's focused on really sustainable and smart design and almost really modular, um, clothes for women. And so everything is machine wash, you hang and dry, there's no dry cleaning, there's no ironing. Um, a lot of like, she has these like technical polyesters that like crumble up small. So you can like put a cute blazer in your bag. And, and you know, some of her jackets, like she has these like suit combinations, and the jackets are reversible colors. So if you get like one dress and one the pants in the other color, you can use the jacket for both. Um, just really smart, really efficient, really modular. And I just ate up her vision. Yes. <laughs> um, I own like everything she has. <laughs> her name is Beatrice Ferrant. Um, she's an awesome, awesome lady, amazing brand. And we'll definitely link to her website afterwards. But, you know, I just love the idea that you have one thing. It's a really good thing. And it, you know, lasts you in many situations. And it's just 
a really good way to think about kind of living small, living well. And all of her things are extremely comfortable. They pack really well and you can look chic. So I love people like that, that take a problem that they see and turn it on its head and produce beautiful art. So gotta love Beatrice. And uh, for anyone that's interested, we'll link her store and she also has an Instagram and you can check out what she's working on. You hear that B? We've made you a free ad. Um, <laughs> ad. Um, yeah, I, I think what's really interesting about that is that it's so thoughtful. It's such a thoughtful yeah. approach. And I wonder if something like that, you know, I, it's all well and good. I, and, and yes, we should do it. But like, is there anything like that for the, you know, for the masses? It's exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. How do we, how do we scale that vision? Yeah. What about so, you, Rachel? Okay, so my recommendation is a documentary called Untold Inside the Sheehan Machine. Uh, Sheehan, so gross. She, yeah, it's so gross when you know what it actually means. It's so nasty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, it goes behind, like, it goes through the, like, the, the process of uh, creating these clothes in the factory. It shows, like, why they're so cheap. Spoiler alert you know, they exploit labor um, and the clothes are extremely poor quality, but you know, the demand is, you also see like why it's so popular. The demand is so high. I think social media has really exacerbated the demand for fast fashion because people want to make posts and like have something different on every time, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it really creates this atmosphere where that's, feels necessary to a lot of people and uh it's very eye-opening uh mm-hmm. and depressing and <laughs> i don't know i mean this stuff has been around for so long i you know h&m was making clothes in factories with really poor you know labor standards in bangladesh for a very long time bangladesh is you know that uh, there's tons of stuff about like their clothing industry because like they've long that's been one of their biggest industries is like making clothes in terrible conditions. Anyway, all that is to say is that we should demand higher quality as consumers, but I wish we didn't have to. I wish this was more of a, uh, I don't know, I wish for more regulation in this environment. Interesting. Well, these two consumers slash economists are going to sign off now. (laughs) Esteemed economists. All right. Esteemed. esteemed. I forgot. Subscribe to our theory. Uh, (laughs) And uh, thank you guys for joining us. And we will see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.